0: Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It is January 7th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this... Is episode one of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Take that, Scarlet! Joining me are my co-host. His pronouns are he/him. It's Jamie, aka Scumboy. Hello, feeling funky. And his pronouns are he/him. Is Andrew, aka Bat Phantom. It's me. We're back.
1: You couldn't stop
0: us. (laughs) I mean, they tried and they failed.
1: Boy, did they try. A worldwide pandemic could hardly pause us. That's right.
0: Wow. Okay, so those of us who are joining us new, and there are probably some of you. Um I should
2: bloody well hope so.
0: <laughs> you know, we've done this before. Um, you may want to go back and listen to episode zero, which is in this podcast feed because it gives a whole history of what the heck this is and why we're doing it and what it is and why it's called what it is.
1: We gotta set up the canon. And That's everything, right. yeah, we got we have the exactly it's the, have the show canon. Bible.
0: Exactly. So we have to you'll you'll I hope we'll forgive us because we haven't literally done this in years. My mic is loose. It's flopping around. It's fine. Everything's fine.
1: We, we weren't going to point that out. It I mean, wasn't polite.
0: You know, um, Perfectly which, natural. which brings us on to the first point of business. So those of, those of you who are familiar with Operation Puppet will probably know that most of the stuff that we do with Operation Puppet is PG-13. Mm-hmm. This is not. <laughs> this podcast will definitely include adult language hmm So I know be a but, hard R, but... It's going to be... It's... Well... Poop. I mean... <laughs> you know... We're... I mean, I'm three scotches in. I mean... This, the know?
1: sound of
2: this is not bourbon.
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell you right, right now, it's it's just lemonade. I mean, we're oh. we're safe
2: by the new YouTube algorithm. If it does go up on YouTube, it's been at least 15 seconds. I wasn't planning on one it of us YouTube, before one of us said the f word. I thought it's 30 seconds, but yeah, we're good. Yeah, is it's, there
0: really whatever this? Dis-
2: oh, that's the new th- thing. Yeah, they didn't tell anybody this. That's the best part of it. They just quietly implemented the new system to demonetize. I people. did
0: not know. Oh,
2: it's delightful. Wow. But basically, yeah, they said if you say a bad word between the first eight and fifty 15 seconds of the clip, then you're demonetized. Didn't tell anybody <laughs> this. People <laughs> just said, hey, why well, are my videos demonetized? Oh, YouTube. Just so, chef's yes, kiss.
1: As long as we keep it PG in the first thirty That's seconds, it. you're good there. Okay.
0: Are we good so far? We're I good. don't I don't remember. We Unless, of
2: course, they changed <laughs> the system.
0: Okay. We have to remember how to do this. Oh right, JB hasn't hit the record but hit the record button. There we go. Now we're recording. Our
1: backup recording is now recording. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) We only have missed the the entire excellent intro. intro.
0: Everything's going fine as you can tell.
1: It's the backup. As long as Kevin's doing what Kevin's supposed to be doing, we're good.
0: And I'm definitely doing everything I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Maybe three bourbons were uh, too many
2: to start.
0: I don't think so. I think maybe you're wrong.
2: That's great. everything's great
0: oh boy so where are we at um gentlemen Mm. how y'all
1: you know what i have been worse and uh it's
0: (laughs) in the past what three, three years three years
1: i i am feeling relatively good how about you andrew
2: I shouldn't (laughs) complain,
0: you know? (laughs) He said that, like, almost every podcast. I have the archives. We can go back and we can read.
2: Everybody's... I'm fine. It's fine. It's
0: fine. I'm
2: fine. Everything's
0: fine. He
1: had the, the the white whale in Destiny drop for him last night, and I think it's broken him. He's not happy. I don't
0: know what shedding. that is. Uh, what is it that? So
1: in Destiny, there's a very low weighted uh, sword that can drop from a certain game mode, and Andrew hadn't got it for a full year. I'm and getting a month.
0: EverQuest flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And. It, it, it just—it just, just wasn't gonna just, drop.
1: We took it as red that he was never gonna have it. Yeah. I had it within a month. Yeah. Matt had it within two months, and Andrew it took a year and a bit. But it dropped last night, and I think it's actually broken. Here. It broke my brain.
2: Wow! Yeah. Yeah, Congratulations. Was, hey, you know it's—and that makes me feel worse. <laughs> It really does. It's <laughs> something to be congratulated The
0: thing I on. wanted to happen happened, and now it's bad.
2: Oh god! Anyway, <laughs> it's it's good to have that uh, albatross. Wow, with my that's
0: name. pretty great.
2: It was just silly. But I
0: anyway. don't remember. I have. Oh, I'm I, I'm actually having EverQuest flashbacks of like there was a thing I wanted forever, and it wasn't even like the best thing in the game. It was just like a thing I wanted, but it was really low in the but loot it was, pool. It was yeah, exactly yeah. on the on the loot table. It was way down there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And it just felt like. Warcraft. you were being denied for no yeah. reason like, world of why Warcraft. why does god like hate yeah, me yeah, exactly going right.
1: after mounts in world of warcraft oh, like it's like sure. it's like a 0.6% like <laughs> chance drop to get this horse yeah. from this person <laughs> remember we were do- when the um, Remember we could make our own little bases in World of Warcraft? Yeah, we were actually I think playing you can it? still do that. And that that expansion, we were running yes. a dungeon that we could three-man, and we were trying for this thing over and over and over again. I don't think any of us ever got the mount. That's why we were you know running what? that Here's one. Here's
0: the thing about that. I, re- I, I remember doing that, mm-hmm. but... I also don't remember what we were going for because the scabs in my brain from mm. EverQuest were like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't we, matter. I nothing's, was after it. Nothing's going to happen.
2: Or your soul just removed it. From yeah, your own exactly.
0: This, I got nothing. This, this, this nothing's never gonna happen. happened. Everything How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Yeah. I wow. This this is feels good. So You've we're been gonna have forward to. This. to You've been we're gonna. Forward to this. I well, I've been posting for I don't know what, like a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know about this.
1: We made the decision, and then it, 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 I, I, the anticipations started to the build.
0: Straight up, in planning. I've been like building things and equipment and testing, and there's been a whole thing, and then we're just like off to the races. It's oh. just here. We're doing it. It feels good. It feels, it, well, it, it feels, it doesn't feel like any time has passed. No, no, that really doesn't, doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, there, I swore. There, there, you, you there we go.
2: <laughs> I'd say three minutes and 42 seconds in, except that that's my, sort of another minute. My, on top my of that.
0: quote unquote audience is not used to this. <laughs> no. If I swear in a character voice, you uh, have to slap me. Yeah, it, that's, no, those are the that's rules. The
2: key, that's the key. It, it, Frankie it, can't
0: swear.
1: The, that's, the last podcasts we did were around. The Star Wars celebration in 2019. It's Let's true. Try. Wow. Was that 2019? So that was 2019. Chicago was 2019. April, April 2019, early oh, 2019. Would have my been the brain last is time completely we broken. did the Operation Pug podcast. It was right wow. around there.
0: Unbelievable. So, one of the things we're going to have to learn, and I'm saying this not to anybody in particular, to me included, and to all podcasters out there, we have to remember how to not talk over each other. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. We're doing good it's so not far, bad. but we're out of practice. But it's yeah. conversational. It's yeah. true. <sighs>
1: wow. But, but being in the room is good because it we is. Can, I can look at Kevin. I can look at Andrew, and we can kind of. Well, and this is
0: thing we have. So we're we're working on the facility to to be able to record remotely. I have a bag literally sitting right here. <laughs> in front of me that has a microphone a go xlr mini Mm -hmm. and a very very short because it's the only one i had xlr cable i won't need much i mean good because there isn't much It's, (laughs) it's literally like i don't know 12 inches maybe if i'm any judge of inches Hello.
1: It's, it's the uh the
2: non John Holmes of XLR cables. <laughs> you also.
0: can you can get your own XLR cable. They're like twelve cents.
2: All I want is the Bob Barker style uh oh, cigarette the, the, mic. The stick, That's up
0: yeah. to you. That's you know, you could get that. I even have a little a little desktop mic stand in mm. there, but you can take this home. So we're gonna have the facility to record uh remotely. Yes. But we are doing this live. We are doing this in the same room. We, it was important. In the
1: studio as it were. In the <laughs> studio,
0: yeah. Right. So, I mean, the audio quality should be pretty good.
1: No, it, it sounds extremely good.
0: I would love to be able to put up some acoustic paneling. That would be awesome. I don't but think
1: the management would prefer. I don't think. That no, that's not,
0: that's not paneling. where we are at
1: currently. The, the average podcast is three people sitting around a blue Yeti. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we are true. already.
0: I mean, you know. No, that's,
2: seriously. Top 10%.
0: No, absolutely. And that's the thing. But, like, you know, during, during the pandemic, so many people start podcasting. Yeah. And it was all just, I'm going to use my, you know, I, my earbuds and my microphone on my laptop speaker. My six-year-old
1: Astro headset. Yeah, Exactly. that yeah.
0: We got a leg up. Mm -hmm. i think i hope
1: well when we originally did the podcast we're like let's let's put a little bit of money into mics oh yeah and then i think that did us well it sure did
0: did. so so here we are hi everybody we're podcasting about podcast things we're back oh boy um i don't know should we should we take a little break and then get into the first segment what do you think absolutely you good everyone good yeah all right stand by because we are about to enter the puppet pit You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives, so I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit. So this is why I assume most of you are here, Mm. and the rest of you will stick around for the rest of the podcast, I hope, but... This is where we talk about the puppet side of Operation Puppet. And uh, so mostly this is going to be like what's going on with me and Operation Puppet and all the puppet stuff that we do. But we're also going to talk about, I mean, my my ear is not as much to the ground as it used to be because I'm just so focused on doing my own stuff. But I'm, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, a participant in the wider puppet world, as it were, I still know what's happening out there. So things happen and we will talk about them. So welcome to the Puppet Pit. So, gentlemen. Yes. This week has been a week. Really? Yeah. Well, so I mean, <clears throat> here's a little I mean, one of the things I want to I want to do with this segment is like let's talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like about what how how I run operation Puppet and how things go, you know, from moment to moment and so during what what I have found over like the, I don't know, it's been almost three years since I've been running Operation Puppet. Yeah. Um, what I do near the end of the year is I kind of stop building in December. Yeah. Um, largely because like anybody who needs a puppet by Christmas or like holiday presents or anything like that, you better order that early December otherwise you're not getting it by
1: October prefer. Yeah, yeah, yeah say exactly.
0: So. Like I always, I, everything I do that's, that's seasonal. Yeah. I always do like literally a month ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so I always stop building early December for a couple of reasons. One of them is tax purposes. Literally. I, I, this is, this is the part that's really kind of embarrassing to talk about because it's like, well, this is just business minutia, but my business is small. So there are small businesses and then there are unbelievably tiny businesses. Mm. I'm an unbelievably tiny business. And because of that, um, I, I have to stay under a certain, in, certain income threshold. Thurton. I said thurton. It's fine. It's Everything so is fine. Three bourbons. It's fine.
1: Cindy Brady needs to stay under a certain <laughs> income true. threshold.
0: So if, as long as I stay under a certain income threshold, then I don't have to register for HST, which is the uh, harmonized sales tax. Yes. Um, so I generally, uh, you know, it's not really been a problem ever because I haven't made that many sales, Mm -hmm. but I've come close. And so I try to stay under that threshold just so I don't have to do the paperwork. Right. Um, so I stopped building in early December and then I just like, you know, sell off whatever stock is there. So. This year, like uh, last year, 2022, was pretty slow. And I mean, that's to Global be expected. recession. Exactly. We've had a, a, an economic downturn. Turns out puppets are a luxury item. Who could have guessed? Mm-hmm. Who knew that people went, food or puppets? I guess we'll take food. For now. For now, <laughs> exactly. So, you know. Things were slow last year, and that was fine, and I, I knew that was coming. So um, I stopped building in early December, and then suddenly, like, literally on Christmas and post-Christmas, there was a spike in sales, which didn't make any sense to me, other than people are just in a spending mood, I yeah. guess, right?
1: They got their Oper- Operation Puppet gift cards for Christmas I
0: mean, you know... You know what? We should do, <laughs> oh, I, God. I should absolutely do that. I can I am I can do that. You, anyway.
1: Your e-commerce system should
0: one hundred percent. I absolutely do can do that. Thank you, WooCommerce. Anyway. <sighs> so I had a spike in sales in mid to late December, and my stores are now both my Etsy and my direct shop are now like sold out i have like three literally no wait i sold one today really so there are two two there are two puppets currently up for sale now i made two this week i haven't put them up on sale yet nevertheless may
1: i I say they look excellent thank you
0: um, nevertheless, that is the, the focus currently in January of this year is, and, and probably February as well is to just restock the shops. Cause I've got no stock. Suddenly mm-hmm. I expected to have more stock than I have. And now day, nothing there. So I've actually had to push some commissions back. Cause I do occasionally do commission work. Um, I've had to push those back. Thankfully, everybody's very understanding and no one's got a time sensitive thing. So, ha <sighs> the 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 moral of the story is this week I've just been like building, 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 building. And that's what it's going to be for the next few weeks,
1: but you've recently started your build streams up again.
0: it is true. So as and part and parcel of that now, because this year is definitely not going to be any better than last year economically. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you might, you <laughs> might notice an uptick, but it's look hard at, to say.
0: Look at the Globally, here. perhaps. You know, um, chances. And well, that's the thing. Like very few of the puppets I sell uh, go to Canada. Yeah. It's there. I mean, I'm all over the shop. I, I sell an inordinate amount to the UK now that I actually think about it.
1: To one person in the UK.
0: Well, <laughs> Shout out to Scarlett. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, but but yes, there there is an inordinate amount in the UK. Spitting image. I mean, possibly. Well, I also, thank you, John Lloyd. Uh,
1: that's where puppet where Muppets were it's, originally. It's true, and it, I think it's there's true. a strong because CBC, there was a
0: strong puppet culture.
1: CBBC CBC does and BBC or whatever the UK. Channel where we're co-producers of the Muppet Trust. We had it here in Canada, and it was really popular in the UK. So I think that's probably why you see a lot of... So
0: right now, it's CBBC does the the kids programming, and that is where Phil Fletcher does his thing. And Phil Fletcher is one of... Like, if there was any puppet builder in the world that I was going to be allowed to go and just sit in their shop and watch them work it would be phil fletcher really and phil fletcher is a puppeteer on cbbc he does hacker the dog he's done a whole bunch of things he's like a legend in the uk
2: wow i love that viral clip of the of the puppet breaking the girl just 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 saying we're just normal men <laughs> and it just absolutely breaks her brain it's i'll have to fire it up it's what it's from one of those Please. shows. we'll put in
0: the yeah. show notes yeah. Um, is it Hackerty Dog? Tell me, is Hackerty? I think it might. Is be.
2: it a dog? I think it might be a dog because
0: it's either Hackerty Dog or Doge. It's just, I think it's his like name a, is host, Doge. a
2: host puppet, yeah. basically for the for the afternoon program. So there's there's
0: two. There's Hackerty Dog and there's Doge. I think. Pretty Scarlet. Let me know if I'm okay. pronouncing Doge correctly because I've never actually watched a clip of it. But but Hackerty Dog is performed by Phil Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Doge is performed by oh god, I'm blanking on the name. Oh help me. Um, he he's a famous puppeteer. He was in, oh, I'm going to look it up. Look, Phil, Phil. David Goals. (laughs) It's not Dave Goals. Um,
1: You know who would be great to get on this podcast? Dave Goals.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I would love to talk to Dave Goals.
0: I mean, hello.
1: It is Hacker T. Dog.
0: Hacker T. Dog. Okay, Hacker T. Dog is Phil Fletcher, but Warwick, Warwick T. somebody.
1: Does everyone have a T in there? Everybody name? is to
0: has a T. Everyone's status. It's not Warwick Davis, but it's not it's it's Warwick, somebody. No, he like, he oh, was gosh. busy. He's yeah. doing a, I mean, he's he's Willow.
2: doing Willow. The clip's actually from 2016, but it came out oh, wow. in 2022. Okay. It's a it's beautiful. It at,
0: at any rate, at any rate, yeah. wow, where were we yeah. at? I can't well,
2: you were, even you were,
1: even were about to talk about your this. build streams.
0: So yeah, one of the things I decided that we should probably do this year. Among any year, since there's probably not going to be a good year for sales, Mm -hmm. is I want to try and get more eyeballs onto Operation Puppet, just like get more people. And one of the ways that it it tends to be really good for doing that is doing the build streams. So I've been doing live streams of, and it it used to be Q and A build streams where Mm -hmm. like I would take audience questions and then I would do build a stream around you know answering the audience questions. Now I'm just like, well, I got this work to do. I'm just gonna like stream what I'm doing every day.
1: It's you know? it's it's really friendly. It's I, I'm a habitual uh, viewer.
0: You're a mod. You have to be. You're obligated. And
1: um, it's it's great because people come in and people will say like, there's there's a couple other small puppet builders that will mm. be in the chat and they'll talk about you know, oh, I have problems with hands or how do you do the mouth plate or who do you think you are? Do you <laughs>
0: Do you do? <laughs> do you this? not know who I am? Do in this you do scene?
1: this inside out, or we want to see more hand stitching?
0: Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Well, that's zap is usually like more more hand sewing, um, uh, and, and that's the thing. And well, <clears throat> one of the things that I found when I did the BJ Geyer, shout out to BJ Geyer, who mm-hmm. I hope will come on the podcast at some point. That'd be but lovely. We'll talk about that BJ. You out what? We'll see. Um, it's entirely possible that we'll get BJ as a call in. Nice. Um, one of the things that I found when I did the BJ Geyer courses on the Stan Winston school of character arts, um, one of the things that I found was useful was like, by the time I hit BJ's courses, I already kind of knew all of the stuff that BJ was teaching, but the, the, the courses are actually just recordings of live streams. Mm-hmm. And because of that stuff goes wrong. Right. And during the course of watching BJ cope with the stuff that didn't work the way he intended,
1: seeing someone deal with a mistake is more valuable than seeing something that went right.
0: And watching a pro and knowing, not only that, just knowing that, like, you're not, nothing is perfect. Nothing's ever going to go exactly the way you want it. Things are going to mess up. Things are going to not go the way you planned. You have to deal with that and knowing and seeing the the working through process of actually dealing with something that doesn't go the way that you planned it was so unbelievably valuable. That's what made me a better puppet builder. Hmm. I'm absolutely certain of it. Like my, my skills as a puppet builder underwent a quantum leap before I discovered BJ's courses and then after. So that's kind of what I want to do now with the build streams. It's just like, this is just me working. This is just what I do every day. So, so by watching that, you're going to see my mental processes. You're going to see my, how I work through stuff. And hopefully that will help other people to be able to get the tools. I mean, it's not about like specific, you know, here's how to do this thing, this thing, this thing. It's about, the process of being able to get from point A to point B.
1: Well the last build stream you took a arm design that you had done a while ago and yeah. you made some changes that you had long been wanting to do. You were doing them live when you made them but yeah. you finally changed the pattern. And that was
0: the thing like I messed up and it was like mm-hmm. you know but I'm going to for it. I can go ah well we'll do this instead of this. And, but that was you know.
1: an arm you had designed years ago and yeah. you finally said you know I'm going to change the pattern and I'm going to make you know this a little bit longer this a little bit thinner and taper it like this and you went through your reasonings and it was very helpful to see that and then and to see somebody making an iteration on a pattern rather than treating it as sacrosanct
0: and that was the other thing that i kind of want to get get across to people is like when you're when you're starting out as a puppet builder you are full on and i mean i get this because i was like this but you are full on obsessed with patterns Mm -hmm. You, you just like, that's the thing you think will, will solve everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, just get the patterns. And it's, it's really not kind of about the patterns. Patterns you can just make. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's about the processes of getting to that point, And it's about the process of understanding how design works. And patterns are in flux. Like you, patterns you're are constantly changing. changing like things. all you have to do is look at, look at the Muppets. Look at how many iterations there are of Kermit. And if you, if you don't know that. Go back and look at the history of Kermit because like when I made my Kermit replicas, um, I I did that. I went back and I looked at how many different versions of Kermit there are. His
1: hands specifically changed radically between versions. It's
0: wild. How I I, I
1: never noticed that until you started doing this research <laughs> on it. You told me like there are some where his fingers are just stitched in the middle and they cut them down the sides, and there's some where they actually are somewhat I mean formed. I
0: went I went into like archival photos from museums that have preserved pieces from the original Henson collection that were like okay this is clearly how this was put together but later on three years later then they did it like this you know it's it's a whole pro- and there there is no single canon that's the point it is it is learning a process
2: we are always in the process of becoming
0: yes what's exactly. good is if
2: you did a live stream of you even doing a Kermit replica there will be nothing wrong with that. Nobody can <laughs> I'm, I'm serious though. You can you can do yep, that yep, and yep. the lawyers okay. are going to come down on you because you're not selling it.
0: It is true. You're simply making the puppet. Well, that's why like, you know, the backgrounds of all my streams, I've already got Kermit sitting there. And yeah. that, that's a digital, obviously. Oh, sure. I want people to look at the hey, thumbnail and go, "Hey, is that Kermit? Hey,
2: where'd you get the Kermit?" Yeah, Funny exactly. story about that Kermit. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they they are the best. Carpets. But people, I mean, people like the process. People, Even if people had no idea about puppets, there's a huge demand for uh, people f- to watch people apply their craft. Yes. And that's what you're offering as well. When you know, people love puppets, but they also like just watching people operate and people, well, just, people get into the, the nitty gritty and see what goes into making anything. And this is, you know, it's, it's art it, and people appreciate you're that.
0: You're bang on because I have like several regulars who have no interest in actually building puppets, right. but who just like the, to watch the process of this happening. Right.
1: When double fine did the Kickstarter for their adventure game reboot, which became uh broken age, uh, Tim Schafer said, we want to show you the process. Like they were having two player productions come in and film how you make an adventure game. They wanted to show you how you made the sausage and tons of people came in and, and donated because they wanted to see the process of making a game. Like Tim coming up with the over, like the outlines and then fleshing it out and then coming up with pipelines and tools and, um, and it's what you're doing basically over a long period of time through these live streams yeah. is showing your pipeline, showing your tools, showing the methods that you use. You do barge this way, but some people do barge another way. They like, yeah. know you've talked about how some people stipple the barge for some, some
0: reason. people look at the way that I barge and go, what are you doing? Stop it.
1: But it's, <laughs> it's really helpful to see someone doing something, even if you're not going to do it. You're you're learning something Yes, and you understand the you process. You go forward.
0: We're like half an hour in and we're but we're only on point 1 of the, all of the <laughs> notes. We should probably move
1: on. But you know what? I heard that something happened with a puppet.
0: Something has oh, happened. Yes. There is breaking puppet news moving on from a strictly operation puppet stuff. Oh, this is actually kind of big for the puppet building world. This is huge. Um there is a company that has for the past, I don't know how long, like since long before I start, got involved with this, uh, has been selling the, the fabrics and the materials uh, specifically that goes into puppet building, uh, mm-hmm. the fleece the particularly. Fleece. Um, and they're called Puppet Pelts. And it was a company that was started by a mother and daughter operation, Laurie and Cindy Nickerson, if I remember correctly. Nicholson, Nickerson, something like that. Um, and they've been going strong. They have been like, if you... If you have ever touched puppet building, you have probably bought something from Puppet Pelts. Wow. Right. Um, and as a result, they have been like a central kind of clearinghouse for all puppet building stuff. Um, uh Cindy, who is the mother, is retiring. And as a result, Lori, I think, is also is also getting out of the biz and they are looking to sell. Wow. And this is huge. This is like, you know, I don't know, Microsoft going. You know what? We're done. Can anyone want to buy us? Jeez. Like it's yeah, it's it's gigantic. So a, I mean, Lori and Cindy have always been fantastic. They're very personal and hands on. I mean, every every order I've ever made from Puppet Pelts has always included a nice little handwritten note. You know, it's, they're very, they understand that the puppet building thing isn't just about a business. It's about, there's a, there's a personal aspect to it, which is one of the reasons why I love it. Um, but, uh, so thank you, first of all, Lori and Cindy, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but, uh, if you do, thank you. You guys have been like unbelievably, uh, the puppet building world and community as it is would not be what it is without Puppet Bells. Hmm. and and i mean who knows hopefully somebody's going to step in and take it over they're they're just to put it literally today this is why it's like breaking puppet news wow um they put up the post yeah uh, wild. I mean, I never thought I would see the day. But hopefully,
2: someone steps in. I hopefully it's not a, a corporation steps in and just buys that.
0: The who knows, right? I mean, I don't. Uh, a huge corporation would do it because it's not that big of a thing. It's like Hobby
2: Lobby or somebody steps in and says, yeah, oh, "Yeah, what the hell? We'll just absorb that." And
0: I, well, the other thing is there are them. there are alternatives. Like there are oh, other places. Do you use a
1: place called Weird Kids.
0: So there's a few places you can get puppet building supplies. And I mean, because we use a very specific kind of fleece that is not carried by like large box stores. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nylon fleece called nylon Fleece, fleece um, among other things. And there are other kinds of fleeces, but, um, and well, this is the other thing that's, that's kind of weird. If you want to get into the minutia, because we probably do, because this is a puppet building podcast um, there. the So nylon fleece is what is mostly currently used for puppet building Because of the pile, because of the stretch, because of a whole bunch of reasons. And it is the closest approximation to the original Antron fleece, which was used for building the Muppets. Um, And that was that Pilly
1: fleece. And it is very, it is very, yeah, it
0: has a very strong texture, it has a very large stretch, it has a very thick pile. Yeah. Nothing has yet come around that has quite the pile of the original Antron. And it's one of the reasons why when the original Antron got discontinued and they couldn't source it anymore for the Muppets they actually like I remember uh, seeing an interview with Carolee Wilcox who was a uh, builder for Henson who was saying like we would sometimes double up the thickness of Kermit's head because we couldn't get the original Antron fleece anymore, so we had to like mimic the qualities. Double up of that. this lower quality
1: yep. fleece to make it even approximate Antron.
0: So right now, Nyla fleece, which is the brand name, is owned by a company called Georgia Stage, and uh, they are the exclusive distributor because they own like the copyright of the chemical formula for this fleece. Um, and they sell the puppet Pels. Puppet pelts is also kind of pioneered and i I don't know exactly what the legal uh situation is around this but they have pioneered a kind of fleece they call fazel which is trying to kind of mimic some of the qualities of the original antron fleece um and they are the exclusive distributor of that kind of fleece Uh, a lot of people like fazel i'm not crazy about it but anyway Mm -hmm. um it is a very popular puppet building fleece it is also kind of expensive um, and so the question now is, like, whoever takes over Puppet Pelts, what happens to to not, to not Fazel? Like, I mean, mm. Puppet Pelts and Fazel, like, Fazel is owned by Puppet Pelts, as far as I'm aware. So what, a, what happens now? Do, yeah. like, you know, the people who inherit Puppet Pelts, do they inherit that, too? Or does that go up for sale? Or who knows, so right? These days,
2: it's, the bigger company just eats the little company.
0: That's, that's the weird thing. So who knows? It'd be now, nice yeah. if
2: somebody could maintain some level of independence. And have a, have competition in that world.
0: The extra interesting thing is there is competition literally just like the past, I don't know, year or so. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they've uh, developed a kind of fleece called like F3 or something. They're a Florida company. Um and that is uh, kind of similar to Fuzel in that it is trying to mimic the qualities did of did
1: someone in the live stream mention that
0: fleece? Yes, uh, Jojo Puppet Studio actually. They were, they, I think they were BF3 saying you should fleece. you should try that. I should, that. I should try some. Yeah. I've actually talked to uh Tom from Creature Work Studio, who was in Hamilton, who is a puppet studio in Hamilton, who um who got a whole bunch of this stuff and was has been working with it. Apparently yeah. it's very similar to Fuzel. Um and so I'm nee, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't mind getting some. The, one of the problems is, first of all, it's not nearly as expensive as Fazal, mm. but it's also like it's only available in white, so you have to dye it yourself. Oh um, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of a thing for me because yeah, I could do it or and make have, a bunch of ghosts. We, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, every puppet is a skeleton from now on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that. I mean, I'd be, I mean, ultimately. We don't know because this literally just dropped today. Yeah, all of this stuff just happened. Like I was casually clicking, I clicked on 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 Facebook, and there was like a a Facebook post. It was like, oh, here's the thing from Puppet Pelts really wow. wow so
1: that's interesting i wonder if one of the established uh other fleece dying and uh and creation companies will pick it up or who if knows? it'll be a third party because
0: what else is like um uh you know created like cultivated relationships with other builders yep. and they, so they sell stuff from like distributors in the uk and it's wow. like yeah so who knows <laughs> all they said is they're looking for buyers that's all they've said so who knows but weren't you
1: also featured on a podcast recently? <laughs> uh,
0: Jimmy with this segue. Nice, nice one. So, yes. And other Operation Puppet news. Um, Those in the UK, and I know there were at least a couple of you, mm-hmm. will probably know of a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, which is run by the research, some of the researchers from the popular qi uh panel show called qi run by the bbc the bbc yep. i actually don't know if it is a it bbc, it is the
1: BBC. Okay. i think it's on bbc three or four
0: um or dave or something you know one of those weird mm-hmm. british things um but recently so i'm on the no such thing as a fish patreon because mm-hmm. i i absolutely it's one of my favorite podcasts it is also one of the most popular podcasts in the world it's huge um and I so I I support them on Patreon so I can get their special Patreon episodes, uh, and and because of that because every podcast has a Patreon except one, so far. Uh, um, they they have their Patreon tier and so I'm on the Discord and I get their special episodes and in one of their ap- more recent episodes they had a whole bunch of Muppet facts which I was like finally what are you guys doing. Turns out one of the hosts, Andrew Hunter Murray, not Andy Murray, the tennis guy. And I think Andrew Hunter Murray started out calling himself Andy Andy Murray and then got tired of being known as the other Andy Murray.
1: Not that Andy Murray. The other (laughs) Andy Murray.
0: Exactly. Uh, Is a big Muppet fan. So he just went nuts on the the Muppet facts. And they specifically focused on Carol Spinney and Big Bird. Um, And they got everything Right. And I was like, wow, I was, I'm, I am was, so I usually listen to podcasts while I'm on the exercise bike. So they didn't bring up the Henson stitch. They didn't bring up the Henson (laughs) stitch. You know who brought up the Henson stitch? Who? Me. (laughs) I brought up the Henson (laughs) stitch. So I'm on the exercise bike, exercising, listening to this podcast going, did they reach into my brain and pull things out? Because it sounds like they did. So I got on the No Such Thing as a Fish Discord and was just like so I I only occasionally post on there. It's it's a pretty low activity Discord. Mm-hmm. Um much like the Operation Puppet Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah Operation Puppet know,
1: Discord's kicking.
0: We're actually kind of at parity yeah. with the No Such Thing as a Fish Discord and they have thousands of users. So FYI, we're doing okay. Yeah. Um So I got on there and I just started going, here's some more Muppet facts. And people were just eating it up. They were just (laughs) like, oh my, this is the best ever. So I went, one of the, one of the Patreon episodes is drop us a line. Where it's like people who are in the Patreon tier can like write into them and give them either corrections or extra facts or whatever, just feedback. So I wrote an email saying, hey, guess what, guys? You got it all right. Also, here are some more things. And I shot a video with Mike Hermit talking to Andy Murray specifically about how they got it all right, and that was awesome. Andrew Hunter Murray sent me an email the next day because Dan Schreiber, one of the hosts, who's the actual one who's on, who's on the Discord, um, showed it to him and he was like, oh my, this is this is literally like God said, dropped us a line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a direct quote from Andrew Hunter-Murray. Uh, he sent me an email saying, hey, can we use some of your facts on the next Drop Us a Line podcast? Because this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, could you please, 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 I'm just saying, Andrew, Andrew Hunter-Murray, if you're out there, Say, say Operation Puppet. <laughs> just, just say Operation Puppet .com. on one of the most popular podcasts on the planet. Please. So anyway, that's going to happen at some point soon in the future nice wow yeah I know that's that was pretty great um and just the fact that he 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 saw it he loved it and it was like I I made I made Andrew Hunter Marie smile you made his day yes
1: with uh, a video that you shot on your own time which is that was
0: unbelievably nice you know what
1: (sighs) it's nice to be nice to the nice. it is
0: nice to be nice to the nice. I've talked a lot so I think we're gonna wrap this one up um if you have any questions about puppet building or puppetry or anything related to operation puppet or the wider puppetry world please podcast at operationpuppet.com you can send your questions in there we're on mastodon we are on Ma- what go to the linktree the linktree will be in the show notes it's linktree link i don't know even what the linktree, linktree thing is
1: linktree.com/operation no, puppet no it's not I linktree believe.
0: it's not linktree.com I it's something, it it's sure, something God. weird it's link. Dot, link, link yeah. e. Oh, slash Operation Puppet. All the links are there. My favorite kind of tea. Exactly. It'll be in the show notes. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. So that will be the end of the puppet stuff. If you don't care about anything other than puppets, you can stop listening now. Don't stop listening now. Please listen to the
1: whole thing. We, We need more people listening to the next part.
0: Exactly. Anyway, on with the podcast. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. I just, I just want to listen to that. It's. I mean, it's it's nice. Three hours of that, <laughs> you know. Welcome to Gizmo Town, where we talk about tech, media, and internet culture, and all of the things that it touches. I don't know. Is that the right way to say that?
1: Do we want Probably. to? Do we want to have Twitter touch us?
0: Oh boy. So I mean, I was hoping at this point when we decided we were going to do this, I was hoping at this point that we wouldn't have to talk about Twitter.
1: Well, well, but it's still kicking,
0: but, but we're going to try and put a positive spin on it. So gizmo town is the section where we are going to talk about like, not just tech, not just the nuts and bolts of things, but also kind of like, I want to get into the, you know, the cultural aspects Mm -hmm. of it and, and, and how we as people interrelate with that tech. And one of the things, of course, that we have to talk about is the absolute farcical collapse of Twitter.
1: The, the Hagersville tire fire
0: of <sighs> Twitter. Boy, but there has been some positive outcomes because of, of this whole Elon Musk mess.
1: The ongoing deprogramming of people as they come on to Mastodon
0: or, or other,
1: other, yeah. Other services. The algorithm of Twitter was a, a a hungry maw, which everything was fed into. And
0: And, and this is, I think super important because like, I didn't even realize until Mm -hmm. I went, okay, this is the line. Like at, at some point I kind of went like, as soon as it was clear that, that, Musk was taking over. I kind of went, I can't anymore. I can't do this. Like I I really like Twitter. Twitter was the one social media platform I actually enjoyed being on.
2: I've stuck it out, but because the my curated Timeline, yeah. which is the people I follow, and I only ever have the linear time flow. Sure, of, well, as long as you keep that clicking make. that button every <laughs> month. Well, luckily, I haven't had to accidentally look at the the, the algorithms version of Twitter. <laughs> thank Christ! But uh, I I still am getting value from Twitter in that sure. respect. I mean, you know, people still talk about Musk boy and, <laughs> and all the, the bullshit that you and can't I, escape it. Well, right, at this again. point, it's almost. You know, a- anthropological, where you're just trying to people are trying to t- take the big <laughs> the big picture look at it and say, look how dumb he is now. Like, look the fact that he's managed to completely show his whole ass, and and the the <laughs> mythology has completely evaporated. Yeah, you know, and well, it's to the, it's the point where his other companies are suffering for it. Well, I mean, not to not to the Tesla collapse was inevitable. But I it mean, was massively over the, over. the dissolution of the reality distortion yeah. field of
1: Elon Musk. Yes, it's has, added fuel. To has that. harmed Tesla. Yes. has harmed SpaceX. Yes. Has harmed Solar City. Mm-hmm. Has harmed his other weird uh, government cash grab initiatives. The, yeah. the boring the company. company. <laughs> um, I didn't realize everything
0: is for the
1: lulls. I, everything. I didn't realize how much I wanted to appease the Twitter fire hose until I got off of it and yeah. into a small mastodon incidents.
0: It, it's true. And I, I mean, I didn't, it, that's exactly the, the, the same thing is like, I didn't kind of get how, how the addiction loop of Twitter hit me until I got off of it, and I yeah. had to. It was straight up like detox. Yeah. It was just like get off, stay off, don't look at it.
2: But isn't it more about social media than Twitter itself? No,
0: really, absolutely not. Okay. And 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 I have a uh, an example of why not.
1: I kept trying to make Mastodon Twitter. I wanted yes. to to go through and see just everything from everywhere all at once. Yeah, and when I realized that. It was more you find a niche where you you really enjoyed it. I spend more time looking at the local timeline of my instance than I do at my uh, followed instance. I spend more time scrolling through what other people in my instance have been posting. And I'm on Retro Pizza, which is for... Uh, not niche fandoms, but there's a lot of Transformers kids there, people who, who want to collect Transformers stuff. There's a lot of retro computer people. There's a lot of video gamers. Sure. And I, I just kind of picked that one at random when I, when I left um, Mastodon.social because Mastodon.social is just huge. Mm, yeah. And you can't really take a bite out of that. Whereas Retro Pizza, there's like – Couple hundred people on it, and I can scroll through it. And I recognize people, and I see people's sure. posts, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm I'm interested in this Gen One Transformer. This person got, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm eating it as. Small bites. I come back every couple days. I'm not doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at work, I'll check it twice a day. But most of the time, it's every other day. I'll come by and I'll just scroll through. I'll scroll through my list. And then I'll spend more time scrolling through the uh, local timeline, just seeing what people have been posting.
0: And this is what I have found. is It's quite astonishing when you you hit a social media platform like Mastodon. I'm not going to say Mastodon is the end and be all because there will probably be something post mastodon like mm-hmm. mastodon's kind of I suspect uh, a stopgap it's a step between stone. yeah um but the 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 super interesting thing about mastodon is because there's no algorithm because it is only driven by people what you see and what you consume is entirely in your control and because of that like the this the headspace of being even if you go to the federated timeline yeah you are seeing tons of, of noise signal ratio, but it's still just like nice. But you it's can, still, it's just people being people. You can it's,
1: follow a hashtag. If you want to follow puppets, you can yeah. see every post that hashtag. a lot on puppets. You can way. see every post that tags puppets come through your, your follow feed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like being at Floyd's barbershop versus the Eaton center. Yeah. So it's either a small group of people talking about stuff you're interested in, or it's Everyone talking about everything all at once. Yes, yeah.
0: but it's it's not being driven by trends. It's not being driven by. It's yeah. only being driven by people, and and that. It it has increased my optimism about the fucking human race, (laughs) you know, because it's like, you know, what people mostly don't talk about bad shit. Mm -hmm. People mostly are just having a nice time and trying to live their lives. And like, it's, it is that it really is that. That's
2: part of, I think that's part of my issue with Twitter is that I use it as a filter for news in that I let people that I like tell me about things that are affecting their lives in the news and that's how i get informed on, on on a lot of this information so that's it's that conversational element where they're talking it's it's filtered by them by people yeah. that i like and that's that's one of the main reasons i i refresh constantly cuz i'm waiting i just if something I've found out most stuff happens via Twitter in that somebody (laughs) goes, oh shit, I can't believe this person died. You know, like a legendary cinematographer passed away today. I'm
1: I'm still following like Charlie Strauss, who's a uh, UK sci-fi author, Mm -hmm. who's extremely, he lives in Scotland and he's extremely into Scotland independence. Mm -hmm. And I still see like the the UK grim meat hook future coming through from his (sighs) stuff. But I also have an entire column in my interface of... You know, people posting cool retro things. Somebody on my instance sent me that link to the uh, something I will be talking about later <laughs> in this podcast. And spoilers, the reason I know about that is because somebody interacted with me yeah. on this thing, found out a little about me, and said, "Hey." I just found out about this thing happening. I think it would have, it would be really interesting to you. Well,
0: that's it. It's just that, that you know the, the the quote unquote first and all of the things that it touches are more organic. It's like a
1: small town party line before phone yeah. numbers came in versus you know the New York uh, operator exchange.
0: Yeah. Well, and because of that, I've kind of like. <clears throat> So here we go with the old man stuff. We're going to try and make this not quite as old men complaining about their health as it might otherwise be. We're,
2: we're old men. We're we we are all old health.
0: men. Um, but one of the things that like the collapse of Twitter and the and the kind of migration to more open platforms has kind of brought really to the front of my mind is the value of. Uh, non-corporate platforms mm-hmm. and also like a uh, free open source software yep that has been like m- more than usual. And I've always been like, you know, kind of into the, the vibe of, you know, open source stuff. But I usually, I mean, I was sitting here with an Apple laptop, mm-hmm. right? Like this, you know, there's no question about like where I, where I land, but I like the idea of the the open source stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's brought that more to kind of the fore and more as a philosophy and more as like you know if we if we disengage from the corporate platforms what what then do we have, and we can then as people decide what we're going to, and be- you know we all live online mm-hmm. that's it like that's our lives now if we don't control it, somebody else does. And, and that's kind of the point of this, the philosophy of this idea is that, like, we can control more of our digital lives than we should.
1: We're the first few generations that are terminally
0: online. It's true. It's true. And this is, this is brand new territory. That is exactly the other side of this is, like, we, this is uncharted waters. We don't know where we're going with this. Yeah,
2: Facebook was great until they openly said, oh, the users are our, our product. Yeah. yeah, And we realized, oh, shit. We're we're not just engaging and having fun here. They're using what we're doing, and they're trying to sell us stuff as a result. And they're and they're communicating with companies, giving them our information to theoretically to make a better environment for that. But cough it Cambridge became, Analytica. Well, this yeah. is it, and and they tried to couch it in in positive terms, like wouldn't you like ads that matter to you to show up on your feed? <laughs> yeah, but you know and and it very quickly got out of
0: hand it's the feedback loop thing right like, sure. it's, like it's like it you know yeah i want to see things that are relevant to me but that all that's doing is like grooming me to behave in a certain Mm -hmm. way
2: yeah or you want they just assume you want to be popular here are things that are popular yeah that you should engage in and then you can also be popular but that's part of the insanity of it but anyway it was that's really when when they were openly stating that the user was the was not the customer but actually the product if you're not paying for it you're the the product you
0: are the product Exactly. exactly
2: and twitter was very similar like it was it was funny how much money twitter lost Years ago, pre Elon, it was it was amusing that like, haha, these idiots think that they can make money on this platform that we love. What fools? Twitter was always the underpants gnomes. It's like, (laughs) make
1: Twitter, (laughs) question mark, question mark, profit. Yeah. Like there was the the middle business step never existed. Like ads never really worked. Yeah. Um, Like you could have, you could try to force Coke tweets into someone's (laughs) timeline, but they would always like push back. Suddenly I want to drink more Coke. Like they never really had that monetization step planned out. Whereas Facebook... Completely has the monetization. Yeah, no, Facebook step is full out.
0: evil. Facebook is just like.
1: But like Twitter was always kind of like the the like diet evil of social <laughs> media, and until they became not the diet evil of social media, and then you kind of realize that it's not like yeah, let's let's charge people eight bucks a month for <laughs> less poison in their
2: timeline, or to have their poison go to the top of everybody else's yes. timeline. Yeah, that's um, where that that's the real mistake. So I, I I've really like. I I used to check
1: Twitter six to 10 times a day, and I check Mastodon maybe twice a day every other day, and it's more just to catch up with people on the thing and see if anyone's mentioned me. And it's it's much more (laughs) conversational, and it's much more... You know, hey, this person posted something. I know about that. I'm gonna reply. They get back and they're to say, Oh, that's interesting and, and whatever. We have a conversation.
0: Well, and this getting back to like what I was what I was going towards before was like it feels very much you know, the Fediverse and Mastodon, and all the things that are attached to that feel a lot more like the early internet. It yeah. feels it feels more like or Usenet. Usenet yeah. kind of yeah. Or
1: like, IRC. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Discord boards, feels like. like more, yeah. it's more of a very slow IRC, it's, but yeah. asynchronous. You can log in, see what other people have said, and then choose to reply. Yeah. Whereas Twitter is the fire hose, and you've yeah. got to yeah. try to keep up.
0: And but, maybe, maybe maybe that's better. Yeah, maybe you know. Something some, we can step away from.
1: Yeah, I, I I have come around to it, but I know other people. You know, they want
2: that news fire hose. Yeah. Yeah. I am terrified every time I observe. Young people, when I say young people, I'm talking like young teenagers, and the way that they interact with with social media, specifically things like TikTok or you know Instagram or whatever, and these kids are sleeping with their phones. On, on vibrate mm. in case something happens while they're asleep so that they can wake up and interact with that person or the, these people and this is their friends these are the friends that they see every day at school but they still need to be physically connected at all times otherwise they they go a little insane sure and it's it's terrifying that they don't have the filter do you remember the uphill battle to get a computer online
1: in the late <laughs> 90s jesus like, like yeah. Windows didn't come with a TCP IP stack until Windsock. Windows 98. Winsock. Um, <laughs> like, we never had the... Like, we, we grew into Terminal Online. Yeah. Whereas this younger generation just gets handed a phone that has internet forever yeah. and always getting updates.
0: And that's why I kind of... I wonder, you know, like, from our position, it seems terrifying, exactly. Mm. Um, but I wonder... I, I, they're they're forging new neural paths. They, they are. Like yeah. maybe maybe they'll figure it out. Like, you know, maybe they 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 are seeing something that we can't.
1: This is our goddamn rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Like this is terrifying <laughs> to us, like like you know, the dungarees were to the nineteen fifties parents. Yeah. But um I
0: am really resistant to becoming a, like a grumpy old man who went, goddamn kids today. There you are know? things
1: that we won't be able to wrap our heads around because we haven't Created
2: the the connections yeah. for it. Yeah. We would, whereas we would say, kids, "Can you function without the phone?" And their answer is, "Why should I?" Yeah, yeah, hundred
1: percent. And and that's a valid question. Why should they? <sighs> like they have internet forever, mm-hmm. uh, whereas we had like I had to dial up on demand in <laughs> nineteen ninety three or mm-hmm. four or five. Like it wasn't always there. It was it was very impermeant mm. and then you'd check something and then you'd disconnect mm-hmm. um and that was when i was you know late teens early 20s mm-hmm. these people like in, in five seven nine mm-hmm. like nine-year-olds have phones yeah um and they're you know they're they're dealing with this fire hose and i i, I can only imagine how Things have changed in their brains to deal with well, this. Well, that's
0: exactly yeah, right. Like we, we as a people of our generation, cannot completely understand how people of that generation are. We don't
1: have
2: with. the plasticity yeah. anymore, where uh, everything is set. But then they did a study this week. It was, they reported a study this week where they, uh, I think it was just post January sixth, they were trying to figure out radicalization of kids. So they, mm. they created a fresh account on TikTok for for a person. For I believe it was a teenager basically just they pretended they were a teenager and they didn't really they didn't set any preferences they just started playing sure it took 72 minutes before it got to like an Andrew Tate video sure yeah yeah, wow. It just—that's how quickly. But that's that's, that's exactly right. what we're talking about. It's that's, like that's the, the
0: weight of the exactly. algorithm points to that direction it, because it gets engagement. Exactly.
2: Right? That's
1: and that's. But but it's also you know the the people that are inclined for that kind of thinking tell the algorithm that more people should be seeing this. Mm-hmm. The more people yeah. that find their way to Andrew Tate and say, hey this sounds right, mm-hmm. the, that interaction drives- Not Even
0: right, just like, more hey, more look I'm at this. This.
1: this. this is a thing, you know, it's- Step it's, right up. Um, I'm, I'm taking this into my fire hose brain. Yeah. But then it, it, it tells the algorithm, oh, more people are interacting with this, push this to more people. Yeah. It's a feedback loop. Yeah. And the and algorithm the the more, is The more people that get to it, the more people that will get to it.
0: And that's why I'm finding things like Mastodon to be such a, a panacea for that because there is no algorithm and this is the thing i keep having to kind of like
1: you're your own algorithm
0: punch you, you, into people is like you could likes are great like or whatever the favorites or whatever that's fantastic thank you that means like you saw chase the thing that
1: like that that was a thing i was always trying to get something that you know yeah. people would like on twitter or people would retweet on twitter but it doesn't mean
0: anything other than thank
1: you but now now but, like a that's a boost, cool. A boost on Mastodon Boosts are what matter. is the huge thing because that pushes it out to your people.
0: And that makes an organic yes. algorithm, so, right? Yeah. And that's completely different from yeah. what we're talking about. So that's absolutely that's awesome. But, so whoo.
2: this is one to come back to
0: <laughs> it with I think Gizmo Town will be probably dominated by this conversation. Um, but one of the things that I, as a result of being kind of more engaged with the philosophy of like owning your own digital shit, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's what we're really talking about. It's like, we, we live online. We should own as much of it as we can because we can't own all of it. That's it's beyond our control. It's like the planet. We can't own the planet. We can just use part of it. Um, one of the things that's come out of the kind of collapse of Twitter and the rise of the Metaverse is the importance of plat of, of uh, protocols over platforms, mm-hmm. right? and the the kind of resurgence of RSS has become like a thing, which mm-hmm. I is shocking. The because- fact
1: that really simple syndication still is of any note yeah. in this day and age is amazing and is a uh, a testament to its resilience and how well it was designed well,
0: they tried and so hard to get rid of it oh well that's the thing that's exactly it because yeah. like twitter try at google. first at yeah, first google. twitter was like yeah sure here's your rss feed of your feed right yeah. and then they killed it and you know as you say google, google killed reader. their rss reader and it's like but rss is the protocol I'm gonna say it and I feel guilty for saying it. It's the protocol of the people. Oh <sighs> All right. I'm uh, sorry. You know I'm very you own it sorry. now. Um you know. It is. Great. Quote, you can you can quote me. There we but go. But it is. It yeah. is. It is the protocol for everybody. It is Can
2: I just admit I've never ever got my head around RSS personally. I've just never thought
0: Well it. it is kind of nebulous, and I don't it is. I don't then, you know I don't it blame is? you for there are
1: web rings? <laughs> Barely. But yeah. It's it's basically a a self-discovery web ring.
0: It is a point that you can you can say you can point a, a a web resource like a reader or a web page or something. You can point it at this thing, at this address, and go give me everything that's there. Yeah. Right? That's what RSS is. Real simple syndication is what the it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. It's a syndicated Feed so as you publish new things, they will get sent to that feed, and then you can take that feed and put it wherever you want.
2: Yeah, it was interesting how how quickly Google wanted to murder it. Yes, once they once they started offering alternatives, because
0: you can't control them Right, you can't control what There's people no put algorithm. in that RS. Yes, exactly. exactly.
2: You know how do so we how do we jam ads into it?
0: To that end, uh, I have joined because of the Operation Puppet blog. I have started blogging as the monarch would say. Again. (laughs) I am blogging. I have been blogging. Um, And I have, there's been this resurgence of interest in blogging, uh, specifically because it is not algorithmically generated. It is people posting stuff that they want to post. Fucking Tumblr is coming back, for (laughs) Christ's
2: sake. Tumblr Tumblr has made
0: a resurgence. That's (laughs) where we are. (laughs) Fuck. Yep. Um, and because of that, RSS has become more important. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to do because I'm me and I take on things that are way more than I should, I want to write my own RSS reader. Like I, am I, <laughs> I have no idea. Like I've been a web developer. I worked on front end development. This is not mostly front-end. This is all back-end stuff. I have no idea where to even start. I know that I want (laughs) to learn some Python, and I think maybe Python is a place that will help me with this. I have no clue.
1: It's definitely a thing you could use. Okay, good. I mean, like (laughs) Go, Python, Ruby, uh, any of those things are things you could use to create, like, a, a an RSS scraper. Right. Like, anything could. You could write it in C. You could write it in assembler. Sure, It yeah. just depends on how much of a hair shirt you want to wear while making it.
0: I. You will see it, but the hair... I think Python is his hair shirt as I'm willing so to go.
1: Python is a good language as it's kind of C-like and there's a lot of resources for it like there's yeah. tons O'Reilly writes a good Python book like for beginners uh it's interpretive so to run on anything uh, as long as you install as long as you can install python on it it's it's a good place to start ruby is really good for if you want it to be a web app um God, I can't even remember. There's there's all kinds of different places. But like Python, it would be something you run on the command line and show up.
0: So I have a Linux server, so that's a start. (laughs) Um, But but my goal is I want to write an app that runs on my Linux server that I can access. It doesn't matter if anybody else can access it. That will read an RSS feed, that I can add new feeds into That I can also because Mastodon, if you if you just append RSS or I think it's RSS to uh, any um, uh, account, it will just give you an RSS feed of their of their posts. Which is fan freaking tastic, let me tell you. So I can like include Mastodon or like the Fediverse or you know all the. Um, yeah,
2: maybe that's the killer app is just being able to use, well, use an RSS feed There's, to, to pull is, the different Mastodons into is one. So there is so
0: much potential here. Yeah. It's like you can just create your own freaking feed of everything you want to see, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, imp- uh, compelling to do, mm-hmm. right? Like I want like oh I'll, I'll make a thing that's like all of the accounts I want to see all the news. I want to see all of the thing, all of the things mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to just have on this app. Now here are my goals. <laughs> okay. I'm stating this now on the podcast. So when it like, you know, I don't know, a month we come back to this and go, how far are you? No, no, nothing. I none, nothing. None far. <laughs> I want to be able to from, from, from a web app, So, you know, from a browser, I want to be able to add new feeds. I want to be able to change the order of the feeds. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a a big one. Um, I want to be able to add stuff from the Fediverse from what was ActivityPub, I think, is the protocol for...
1: Yes, that's ActivityPub, is the Fediverse.
0: Is the Fediverse.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and this is the other thing. Like, man, the Fediverse is huge. Like, there's more than, way more than, Mastodon is just one thing.
2: Once again... I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. You keep saying <laughs> Fediverse, and I, I don't think I've ever heard this term.
0: I am going to do an Operation Puppet video with Frankie talking about the Fediverse and what it is and how how it behaves. What what's Jamie's I'm, Jamie's point? I'm just digging
1: me? around Grav, which I use for my blog, and there's no built-in RSS. Hmm. What? There's a. Premium plugin that will attach to a certain type of RSS, which I've never heard of, but like basic RSS doesn't seem to be part of this. This is a
0: problem. Mm-hmm. This that's, is a problem. That's
1: interesting. I anyway, didn't know that.
0: RSS is the future. Is yeah. is the lesson, and we are going to embrace it. It's
2: coming back, baby. <laughs> so we're bringing it back.
0: That's my project: is to write an RSS reader for myself. If it works well, like I wanna have like I'm hoping to do like user accounts. Sure. I don't running. know. We'll see, mm-hmm. but that that's a big thing because there's security stuff and there's that's
1: like, that's once you have it up and running. Yeah. Like
0: when, once up and running, we'll see about adding user accounts. Do
1: you remember a thousand years ago when I wrote a PHP system for people to request records? For someone to play at our house um, like a thousand years ago. I, I wrote a I whole, actually
0: think I do. I wrote
1: a whole crud, a create re, uh, edit d- uh, delete. <laughs> um,
0: it, oh God, I've forgotten crud.
1: Um, <laughs> I made that from scratch in PHP and I started with the internal like my ability to create records and yeah. and and do stuff. and then I added, You know, the ability to view it. Then I added this. So, so start small, start with the ability for you to see something, Mm. then worry about, you know, putting a login form on it. Then worry about cookies, then worry about, you know, hashing passwords, like, like start small and then add something to it. And then add something to that.
0: My primary goal is to get get this to be usable to me because I've got, I've got a Linux server so I can have a thing that it sits on that I can just access on my LAN. As long as I can get to that, then I'm good. So we'll see from there.
1: My blog may not have uh, RSS, but I was able to update it to the newest version on my iPad <laughs> just now. Nice. So
2: I don't know if this will make for an interesting build stream. You, you <laughs>
0: no around no Python? no definitely will not because <laughs> it, it's going to be me watching eighteen hours of YouTube videos. I that's, think
1: you demoing it would be interesting. oh yeah that's different once, you we'll, have so once it's up are. and running. We'll, we'll
0: see about that. but you
1: with uh, with uh, like Visual Studio code open going. Just, I don't uh, even know.
0: Oh God! Just, just what is this variable? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, you would be creating the variable, so it's that's true. your your problem. It's true.
0: Well, yeah, but I would still say that for sure. Oh wow! Have we done it? Have is that it? Are we good for Gizmo Town? I
2: don't Are we... remember the notes. How do puppets fit in the metaverse? I
0: wanted to ask. Andrew added a note. Oh,
2: I just I was just coming up with with stuff to talk about. We can we can put a pin in that one literally. And <laughs> All right, back to that. You know what? Game. I do
0: have something. Okay. You know what? Fuck you! I've got something for that. Oh,
2: oh. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not. So- I'm saying we could do a whole hour on putting puppets in the metaverse.
0: It ain't the metaverse. Look, I'm just saying. Here's here's what I keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. So VTubers are a big thing, yes, obviously. Um, as we know from the Frankie Play streams, mm-hmm. um, I if you if you divorce VTubers from the unfortunate immediate association with anime, yeah, which you know whether you like anime or not, and I don't. Um, it 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 is a thing. I am absolutely 100% certain that Jim Henson would be super interested in VTuber stuff sure absolutely because you know it's a virtual character and mm-hmm. it's happening in real time it's well, puppetry it's, it's basically his his servo
1: puppets that he came up with for dinosaurs and later things exactly where someone didn't have to be crammed into a suit
0: there's a right now if you were to go to henson studios there would be a demo station up with i can't remember what the character is from farscape the little froggy guy mm.
1: i never watched first
0: that is like a virtual, like it's a computer rendered version of that character, but you could puppeteer it mm-hmm. on on a physical rig.
1: Do you know what Jim Henson would have liked? He would have liked the Kinect. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Something that would take basic facial features and turn it into a digital avatar.
0: Absolutely. He would. I mean, there was a there was a digital character on Muppets Tonight. Yes. Right. Like that. He would absolutely be into that.
1: God, I wish Muppets Tonight had lasted.
0: But <laughs> Muppets Tonight was really good. I
1: loved it. Um, but it, all of this is extremely where Jim was heading. Yes. Like he was very into someone operating something's face, like all of the dinosaurs, the yeah. faces were remotely controlled by a, somebody with a rig on their hands. All,
0: all of the gorgs on frown rocks. Like,
1: um, uh, that, that was like, he was, he was very ahead of the curve for telepresence in that yeah. way. Um, and he would have loved VTubers and anything that takes a webcam or, um, like a points system on someone's face. He would have loved, uh, motion capture. Yep. yep. Um, but any of that stuff was, was is extremely in his wheelhouse. Uh,
0: that's the thing that all, all a puppet is, is a, a fictional character that is animated. By a person in real time. That's it. That's all you need for a puppet. And that's what a VTuber is.
1: But removing like the physical hardship of puppetry, yeah. like if if Jim Henson could have raised an eyebrow on his face and Kermit would have done a <laughs> similar motion, I think he would have been into that.
0: Now I do have I do have a, a counter-argument to that. And this is super important for puppetry in general, is that um, the, the difference between a CG character and a puppet character is that puppets inhabit our physical space in real time, mm-hmm. right? Any CG character, even if it's being represented by an actor on set, can't do that.
1: Harry Belafonte can't sit and talk to Cookie Monster.
0: Exactly. And, the, and even if we're just watching it on a screen, we know that Kermit is physically present. You know, we know there's there's a certain level of... Uh suspension of disbelief that gets completely removed when we know that the character is just there but right? it's, it's
1: like those kids on Sesame streets looking Kermit in the eyes, not looking at Jim in the eyes yeah
0: uh, like and that's, that's that's the other thing it's like it doesn't it, people get freaked out because they you go know, about puppeteers have to work behind baffles and it's like oh we don't have the legs so we don't know no it doesn't matter. What do you put that puppet on?
1: You auto suspend a disbelief when you're yeah. when you're looking at a puppet
0: A good puppeteer can make that puppet live Mm -hmm. and you believe it doesn't matter if you can see the sleeve and the arm and the puppeteer and it does not matter. Like look at Arsenio Hall interviewing Jim Henson. We've got Ralph and Kermit there. It doesn't matter that Jim is sitting there not doing a ventriloquist act.
1: The little girl doing her ABCs where she would say cookie monster. And then Jim was playing off her with Kermit with the, uh, but she was staring Kermit in the eyes. It was not her looking at Jim. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a good interaction between and you, them.
0: You cannot do that with a CG character. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how sophisticated the rig is. You can't do that.
1: You, you can't act off a tennis ball. And on that's a the stick. difference.
0: But as an iteration of puppeteering, VTubers are absolutely valid, and mm-hmm. I think that. But that,
2: taking it to the next level. Into into a virtual environment. Yes, that changes it because there there is the dimensionality of the, of the puppet can be present. Absolutely, and, and it gives is, you a, a different interaction. But that that's a different platform than YouTube. Well,
0: also, still. like I remember Will Smith talking about this. Well, not that Will. Not Smith. Not that <laughs> Will Smith. Yes. Um, when he was just doing the Foo Show, is that like he he kind of had a revelation when he was in VR. And the, the first time that like he was at some Oculus demonstration, they gave him the hand controllers Mm. and suddenly like, it's not just the visual, it's having the ability to see your hands and then interact with the environment. Suddenly, then when you had another person there and all you could see was their head and their hands, but that was enough. And the sense of presence was enough. That like, oh, this is something entirely and different. This is, and, yeah. and
1: now all you need is your head, your hands, and a Facebook account.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we've got it back to the metaverse. Thank you. I
2: will mention, uh, it, we're, I don't know if we've incorporated CES coverage into this, but one of the interesting... We
0: can do anything. It's our podcast. What do you want.
2: One of the things that I saw this week was um, literal gloves. Yeah. Like VR gloves. Like you slip on these gloves. Like the power and, glove? And they're haptic. So there's a physical reaction to it. So So it doesn't look like it's it's simplified to the point where they they're just basic they look like normal ass gloves and there's no crazy stuff seemingly attached to them but they supposedly have f- haptic feedback as well so when you're so you, like, getting squeeze, so much closer there's, there's yeah tension. there's some
1: tension there's I, just, need, yeah. I need johnny mnemonic tip sets i need i need <laughs> yeah. like weird f- like yeah. cyber clothes pins
2: <laughs> that go on the end of my fingers yeah and t- i mean you know as as long as we're strapping a, a cell phone to our face and putting gloves on that's one thing but until we can jack directly in and have a, have a mental presence into that world. It's not and really gonna be the
0: other thing is like people don't remember that like what William Gibson was talking about wasn't about putting off screen on your face. No, it was literally it was literally
1: like cutting out your nervous system. It was, and, <laughs> and, and, and,
0: yeah. It was a dream. It yeah. was a hallucination. It was, you know. It was a consensual yeah. hallucination
1: experienced by billions of legitimate operators. Oh my and thank God. Lord Musk is is
2: inventing. He himself is, is he developing himself, a technology for us. He has thousands of doors, dead monkeys. has killed thousands of monkeys. <laughs> To get it to exactly the point where it's been for 20 years. This science, one's defective.
0: Science cannot progress without we, heaps. We
2: have a demonstration. <laughs> it's exactly the same as it was <laughs> <is> it <laughs> years ago, but the man, the is there a lot of dead monkeys.
0: Oh, is we're it, losing
2: do, it. Do we have to have the monkeys in the room? <laughs> <laughs> it's important to give them the credit for the sacrifice.
0: Uh, I feel I feel that we should bring this to a close now, uh, quickly. Yep. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and be back with Gaming Talk. Video games. Board games. Video games. Tabletop role-playing games. Video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming. (laughs) But mostly video games.
1: Is this surreal yet?
0: (laughs) I, You know, I'm not used to hearing myself say things. I mean, it's true. Um, Remember Tokens? I get...
2: Yes. Yes, cardboard <laughs> tokens. No, no. The I remember one arcade I went to. They, oh, tokens. The tokens. They literally painted quarters. They put red paint on their quarters, <laughs> and that was their token. Really?
0: It I was hilarious. i picture picturing the guy whose job it was to paint the quarters.
1: Oh, just, we we had a- Get ar- Randy to paint the quarters. We had an arcade in our in my college, and it was an actual, like- I'd say 20-cabinet arcade. Like, it was a, a proper proper thing. Mm-hmm. They, they knew they wanted to keep you in, uh, in school. <laughs> That's it. Sorry.
0: Amazing. So, welcome to Pickles of Tokens, where we're talking about gaming. We're talking about gaming, and apparently, mm-hmm. my two colleagues here, despite the fact that I, I seem to recall... Many years ago, mm-hmm. I was talking about how we n- we have no interest in handhelds. Did we? We did. Hmm. Both of these two have got handheld.
1: I've owned a, uh, a hacked 3DS for quite some time. All
2: right. For somebody who didn't claim interest in handhelds, I've, I've bought almost all of them. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but the funny thing is, is that I don't use them. Oh, I'm different. Ah, yeah, and like I'm totally guilty. Like I, I get it, and I'm like, this is it. This is the one, and then it just, it just never happens.
0: So who wants to go first? Jamie's got a handheld, and Andrew's got a handheld. It's true. Um, I, Jamie's is more tech involved. I, is it? Is it? I don't know. You tell me.
2: All right, I'll go first, just because it's quicker. Sure. Because okay. I don't have as much to say about it. I when I was investigating handheld emulation options, and so this this started mostly well, I mean I've always been interested in emulation, but I wanted I wanted a nice little handheld with uh, that could play games basically just up until um you know beyond Super Nintendo, but let's say N64. And I was looking at them and there's hundreds of them and there's a lot of different variations and they keep getting better and they keep getting better. And there was like it's like this is the new one, it's great except it doesn't quite do the thing you're looking for. Or this is a great one, but the screen's a little too big. And, you know, it was just constantly... The and I, screen is too big? Well, sometimes, just depending on the handle. Like, the screen's too big because the unit itself is too big. You want something All that right. fits in your pocket, oh, maybe. Oh, I see, yeah. Or you want something that doesn't fit in your pocket. And I kept flitting back and forth between the options. Meanwhile, Valve invents the Steam Deck. Mm. The Steam Deck is not a handheld gaming device. <laughs> it's It's a laptop. It's sure. basically a laptop with with controllers on it. It's you know it's thicker than a switch, but they managed to uh, put. They got their hands on next gen tech when it came out. That was the difference. Is that they managed to get the next gen AMD chip? They signed actually an exclusivity agreement. Exactly. Really. That was that was the kick. I did not know. So that. they got the they got the chip that nobody else was allowed to have at that point, and it gave them an incredible advantage in the hardware. And for whatever reason, they decided to make it dummy cheap for how powerful it is. Like the the comparative unit. Uh, like an Aya Neo, is literally twice as much as a Steam Deck. And mm-hmm. it's almost as powerful. What they've really done well
1: is low power work. Like, mm-hmm. it, it works very efficiently uh, very efficiently at low power. Uh, whereas a lot of the other things, they'll have higher burst performance, but it basically eats batteries for dinner. So what the sure. Steam Deck does well is play at a very acceptable level at a very
2: power-sipping level. Amount, yeah, and it's it's actually brilliant. Yeah, my my use application was initially going to be when they reopened the school uh, post pandemic. Initially, we were looking at only using two areas of the school because they could space people out more. So rather than having our thirteen classrooms, we were only going to have the two big ones, and we were going to have to sit there and babysit them all day. So I figured I need I need something portable to game on for sure for this. Yeah, and this and then it was I bought a simple uh, a, a retroid pocket two at the time. Uh, which I thought was going to get me through it, but then it never it never got to a point where we were going to have to babysit these things, so I never really broke it out. And that unit, was it used uh, uh, Android as its platform. So that's a whole other, that's a whole thing. Most A lot of these emulation units now are, are Android-based instead of Linux, um, whereas the Steam Deck itself is Linux-based. Uh, and again, it's, a, it's very powerful. I mean, you can play Elden Ring on it, on the go, if you want to, which is a huge ask. You know, for this thing to be able to play it well on an, on a lovely display, it's not an OLED, but it's a really good screen. They had to worry about battery life. It's just insane. The price is not correct. It's a, <laughs> the price is a lie because it's it's a. I think it's subsidized. I don't know if Valve loses money on the Steam Deck or or what. I, I hear a lot of people getting this the uh, the
1: lowest end one and then just upgrading it with a uh, Microsoft Surface. Uh, SSD,
2: it, like one gig, mm, one terabyte. You don't even need that. Yeah. Like I, there's, they come, it's comes. Which in, one did you get? It comes in 64, 256, and 512. I got the 64 because. By all accounts, because it has a micro SD slot, it runs as fast as the internal drive. It's not that; it's slower, but it's still acceptable. It's it's effectively people, the people same have in terms done. of performance. Once you're on it and load times and everything,
1: it's it's negligible. It depends. what You, you can't run Elden Ring off of an uh, SD card. That's but, that's probably. But, but you could run emulated ROMs off the SD right. card, but, or
2: like Celeste, or yeah. Um, dwarf fortress yeah anything but the most cutting edge titles should will run absolutely fine off yes. of micro sd and again i haven't Put the time in at this stage. How, I've how, had it for a how, while. How, how much have you played it? How many hours? Very little, honestly. Only a couple of hours. It's pathetic. I spend all this money because I'm an old man. Do you want to sell <laughs> it to me? I, no, no. I want to use it. I want to use it. You want I, to use it? Don't. It's going to collect dust. Do you want to sell it to me? No. I I really want to. They'll use
0: it. They'll sell you one, Jamie. They'll get. Believe me, if you, get, yeah, if you give you give enough money, can. they'll sell you. This a one's feedback. out of the
2: box. I can get a I can get a discount <laughs> on yeah. this one. No, I, I I really I I've put the stuff. We'll in called game? They'll say yeah. I haven't put the time in to, to really finesse out the emulation performance and and all of that. The closest thing I've played so far, the only thing I've played so far is basically ActRaiser on this from Super Nintendo. Because I still need to, f- I need to figure out the are the you filtering using the, properly the one and done solution for emulation? Em- EmuDeck. Yes, you're using EmuDeck. Yes, I've got EmuDeck running on it, but I still need to because it's. It's still, it's, it's, it's apps running on apps running on apps in, in EmuDeck, and you still need to really finesse out the, the it's settings It's a for front it. end that launches the proper apps that it downloads. Right. It's basically RetroArch. Yeah, I don't if,
1: know if, right. if you've uh, had any experience with it, but RetroArch is a front end mm-hmm. uh, that will launch configurable emulators based on uh, the system required.
2: But the beauty of it for, from an emulation perspective is the fact that it's a target it's a hard target for the programmers right because it's so ubiquitous and it's been so massively successful these developers can say this is our target this is what we need to to work on as opposed to the billion different variations you can otherwise. run switch stuff reliably on it yeah. which is crazy and i you know what that's kind of a plug your ears la 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 thing when when it can it can run Switch material that shouldn't be possible but it is the Switch isn't a, uh, a Nvidia Targa no it's 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 like three
1: Switch years. is a cell phone it's,
2: it's an like. Android chipset yeah so it's it's not a huge deal but it is it is a huge deal for Nintendo oh which is obviously a whole thing. Um, so I went
1: the other end of the scale and (laughs) I chose something that's pocketable. Um, I'm, I think in the next six months a, SW- a steam deck is in my future right um just because i am getting fed up with pc gaming and the
0: oh it's a whole thing
1: and the ever-moving target and i think my power supply Do you
0: have three thousand dollars i think the power i have a video card my, for
1: you i think the power supply in my uh my computer isn't enough for the vega that i uh, borrowed from you <laughs> and if i try to run <laughs> destiny on any sort of settings it crashes <laughs> like the, the drivers will crash wow it doesn't crash the system it just stops playing the game that could be
0: amd but anyway
1: um so i i, I can't play games on the pc but i could buy a steam deck for mm-hmm. you know five hundred dollars and be able to play things on hdmi or play them on the go mm-hmm. so that's that might be my future but what i wanted with medium term was a thing that's about the size of a cell phone that i could carry around and and if I'm on the cell phone, or sorry, if I'm on the cell phone, I'm on the subway, and I want to play... I've been playing a lot of um, Earthbound, which is a SNES game that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I will walk to the subway, get on the subway, boot this thing up, play 45 minutes of Earthbound, make a save state, shut it down. So I got the, uh, the Ambernick RG353M, which is the middle... Metal- is
0: there a better name...
1: No, it's a Chinese company, <laughs> okay. and they love letters and numbers. But right. at least the M stands for metal. It does. So there's sure. there's three different ver- uh, versions of it. There's the three five three P, which is plastic. It looks like a giant Super Nintendo controller with a ca- with a display in the middle, right. which is fine. There is the three five three V and VS, which are which look like Game Boys. It's vertical. Right. Is the V um, one the V? I believe will run Linux or Android. And the VS only runs Linux. And then there's the M. And this one will, if I take the SD card out of this, it boots into Linux. Right. Uh, sorry, it boots into Android. And I can do Android emulators. And Android's a, like a little bit better at higher-end emulation on this thing. But the uh, interface is a dog's breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, if I put a SD card in uh, SD card 1, it will boot into a Linux variation of my, uh, my, my choice. Uh, there are three big players, and I'm running unofficial OS, which is a fork of Gel OS, which is just enough Linux operating system. <laughs> um, oh, the names. It's. They. How clever can we be? So Ambernick pissed off the jealous developers by, on some models, including their OS with the device without clearing it with them. Mm-hmm. And now they've pulled. That'll do it. They've pulled the um, rock chip targets out of their operating system, and now it's only on official OS that works on these devices. Um, there's also ArcOS, which is very good. It's not as polished as GelOS. Uh, GelOS has got a very good menuing system, whereas ArcOS still looks like, a, like if you ever use a Raspberry Pi and you've got to go to these weird terminal uh, windows to do things, it's like that. Mm. It just kicks you out of it a little bit. But this is amazing for everything. Like, I've got uh, Amiga games on this. I have Super Nintendo, NES, um, Dream, everything. Dreamcast. Dream, uh, up, up to Dreamcast. Dreamcast is about the limit. I can run crazy tax on this thing, and it works fine. Um, I've got a couple Sega Saturn games on it. I don't have any PS1 games because I never had a PS1, and it never really interested me as a platform. <laughs> come on. Come at me online. Okay. Um, Me either. I think I played
0: some Final Fantasy thing on a PS1.
1: But I, my main target is uh, the Super Nintendo, the Neo Geo, and the TurboGrafx-16, or the PC Engine as it's known overseas. And the key
2: with the, with this unit is is the screen. Mm-hmm. It's a 4x3 screen, like a, right. like a normal television aspect it's ratio. It's an optically bonded screen, too. So it's a very nice-looking screen. Yeah. Like, the glass
1: is bonded to the screen. Mm. Um, if you have a, a glass on top of the screen, you get light bleed in the corners. and sure. It looks like hell. Yeah. So this is one of the first devices that have a really good-looking uh, IPS optically bonded screen in a 4x3 aspect ratio, mm-hmm. which is perfect for the Super Nintendo. It's perfect for the Genesis. It's perfect for the NES. Anything up to Dreamcast before they started getting into HD. Um, Game Boy runs its own, so you get a little bit of a border on the sides. And Game Boy Advance is a little narrower, so you get a little bit of border at the top and bottom. Mm -hmm. But those are the only consoles that don't
2: completely fill that screen. And and this is where things get weird. (laughs) This is where things get weird. So it's a question of scaling. Mm-hmm. This is where shit gets insane. Because Co- that's a 640 by 480 screen, which is a classic resolution mm-hmm. for computers. I think, like, that's what we were used mm-hmm. to. But the resolution for the consoles we grew up with weren't 640 by 480 No. They were at really, really low resolution. So, and it's it's how do you scale it up to that 640 by 480 This is where I, I've snapped. And that's, that, like, when I was looking at these, I was so close to buying that unit. And then people were talking about, oh, but this, this machine has a slightly larger screen and it's 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 five by three, but that's perfect for scaling exactly triple the resolution. And that's when my eyes started to cross. But I mean, <laughs> because the, the quality, it'll give you a better quality image. If it yeah. can scale perfectly, then there's there's no finessing. You don't have weird li- li- pixel bleed or leftover elements. But it's also a larger screen. It's not something you're going to be able to just throw in any bag or yeah. throw in your pocket. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's obviously the, the the real question is 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 how are you planning on using this, and in what environment are you going to use? Like even the Steam Deck, I took it with me on my my, on my recent flight, and I. I just didn't want to use it. I'm a big guy, so like if I got my arms out and I'm holding it, I'm still gonna bump into people yeah, that are yeah. next to me on the airplane. The screen on it is big enough that you could have put it on the tray table in front of you. But I want to hold it. That's the thing. It doesn't have. I'd have to have like a, another controller if I really wanted to do that. Which you can do. Which you can absolutely do. But honestly, I still feel like it's got to be part of the. The you have to play it as it lays in terms of the hardware. That one's a little easier to just have in front of you on an airplane, you're gonna mm-hmm. be just like reading a book. It's it's this is a little bit bigger, so I didn't even try to break it out and, and see how it felt on the flight. Also, I was trying to finish uh, Chuck Wendig's new book, uh, Wanderers, last on uh, the last flight I was on. So, uh, shout out to Chuck Wendig. Girl, <laughs> so
0: um, Chuck, I, you definitely listen. To friend this, of the podcast, yes.
2: This, it was the scaling that was driving me nuts, like trying to trying to find that target. And the unit that did the better scaling was like two fifty, three hundred dollars, and then a, that's basically just buy the fucking Steam Deck at right. that point. So I just at that point, I just snapped. I should have bought that. I went higher, and that's fine. But you could still go back and get one of these. Oh, rest assured, um,
1: I, I've got. Resources, yeah. I've got toss sets, I like whatever you need yeah. if you get one of these things. I I can I can hook you up. But the kicker but.
2: And, and this is this is the blessing and the curse. I have a very short commute. Commuting is a huge <laughs> way people use these yeah. devices. Is when they have that long transit. To, to get where they're going and mine is blessedly short and it's not long enough for me to use anything really.
0: i mean i guess that's why i have absolutely no interest in handhelds because i work from home exactly and that is a big part
1: of it i mean it's it's great like i, I would have really liked it um at airports just yeah, be able to break man. it out and do something at an airport and then be able to put it back in my bag and then you know read on the plane because i may not want to play a video game but it's great for the you know thirty minutes I'm on a subway. It's great if I'm waiting for something. If I go to a like an appointment and I'm sitting in a waiting room for a period of time, because it's yeah. super portable.
2: Yeah, I can have it with yeah. me. Like the, I brought the Steam Deck with me on my trip because this winter was. You know, these last this last month has been brutal for travel because shit happens for whatever Mm. reason. And I figured if I'm gonna get stuck in an airport for three or four hours, I got my Steam Deck ready to go. For some reason, Sunwing doesn't
1: fly where you were going. They were the, the pl- of- they were the, the place that the, the the airline that had all the cancellations. Actually, so, my, so.
2: my my aunt was supposed to go to uh, Cuba on Songwing in December, and then her flight was canceled the week before. At least hers was canceled the week before. Yeah, mm, and she is. was able to rebook for. Actually, she's leaving. Don't get
0: three. us started about but, fog cancellations. But, oh. but Porter
2: was unaffected because I was going to the East Coast, and uh, obviously, even Air Canada was affected because of half their planes, a bunch of their planes, were in the West Coast, and and WestJet was totally hooped for for that whole week mm-hmm. of Christmas. Anyway. Bottom line is there was a very good chance that you were gonna get stuck in a friggin' airport for several hours. And in that case, I would have been ready to go. So anyway, I'm I'm happy with it, but I really, 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 really have to start using the goddamn thing. In three months, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy it from you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, and then and then of course there's the the ultimate problem. The next release, because now the rumors have already started.
1: Valve has already said that they're dedicated to this platform for at least another two years. Mm -hmm. It's going to take AMD another two full revisions of their APU chipset to get to the point where it's the, the, the power savings versus performance is going to be better than what valve has right. so valve has already said that they have no plans on pivoting to a steam
2: deck 2 in the near future and i, I let me also throw this out there there are easy games to play on it There, are like if you fire up steam on the steam deck straight up you can go to the store and it'll tell you which games play well on the steam deck yeah with no bullshit And there's a lot of them, a lot of great titles, including Elder. Even things that stay unsupported, you can fire them up. In in many cases. And there are some titles that require work. And that's where it, it, you're going to lose some people is because when you've got to worry about which version of Proton are you running and, mm. and these other elements because there's a lot going on under the hood you to can make also, a Windows game work in a Linux environment. You can also install Windows on it. You can 100%. I'm sure that affects the performance on a, on a, a, to mm, a point. but Maybe a
1: bit, but yeah. you could run Destiny at that point because Destiny will not let you play on Linux because BattleEye, their anti-cheat system... Doesn't work properly
2: under Linux. I so see. if you could do a quick flash and jump over to Windows and play it on that, and then There's, flash back to they're Linux, they're saying
1: that they're, the dual booting is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Like they, the, the Valve has pushed out, I think forty or fifty. Uh, updates to the Steam Deck in uh, the two months that it's been out. Yeah.
2: It's quite remarkable um, those, the support.
1: So at some point in the near future you'll be able to dual boot between Steam Deck OS and Windows for those few games that you need to have a Windows
2: on. Right. But the form factor's great. It's a good size. I'm... I'm extremely tempted Yeah It's it's not light But it's you know Like you can kind of Rest yourself and hold it But I haven't Tried to play a game For two hours And then felt Oh my god sure. What have I done I've heard nothing But good things so yeah. no, it's a remar- I'm, I'm stunned I'm stunned that It got released In the form that it did We're at the point now Where you can order one And get one in a couple of weeks In two weeks You could order
1: Like most of now. I think the 64 meg one Is the one that's the hardest To get right now Because it's the cheapest
2: one But like 256 The 512 version mm-hmm. You could order it to day and have it in two weeks i will mention the only physical difference in the 512 version is that it comes with uh it's not a different screen it's but an it's got, etched it's a uh etched glass oh, it's screen. got matte yeah
1: and it isn't as reflective um i have watched i think a thousand hours of videos in the yeah. steam deck at this point, <laughs> and there's a really like the, when i was looking at this thing there's a a, a youtube channel called retro game core mm-hmm. who does handhelds all he does is yeah. is these emulation handhelds, Steam decks. There's a whole bunch. There is a whole world of Windows handhelds out there. You wouldn't even know. There's mm. like six or eight different manufacturers that make Windows handheld machines. It's crazy for playing video games. Um, but that's all he does. And he he did a a a comparison of a 64 meg or 64 gigabyte Steam deck and the 512, and it is. Immensely noticeable how little reflection you get on that, the, the 512 yeah. screen, because it's
2: etched. But it's mostly for places like out, being outdoors. Sure. That's where you're really going to see the difference. So, anyway, uh, that's that's uh, where I stand in so the handheld world.
1: I am half tempted to get a Mayu Mini at this point, just because it's an even smaller version <laughs> that you could keep in like a go bag or your back pocket if you needed to play something. I don't think I'm going to get it, but enough people are really hot on it that it's, yeah. it's like a Game Boy form factor. I think this Ambernick is just where I want it to it be. It seems it's, good. It's it a PSP like, style yeah. thing where the, the controls flank That's the screen. That's smaller than the PSP. Yeah, no, it's but it's the, the same kind of the, yeah. the PSP or Game Boy Advance design where there's controls on one side,
2: a screen, and then controls on the other side. The vertical style is really nice too, though. And I I think it's more if you're used to playing the old Game Boy. The problem with the ones with sticks on them is the
1: sticks are both very low. So if you're trying to do something that requires one stick and buttons Mm -hmm. or... A stick and a D-pad, your hands are in a very unnatural position. That's the the one thing I've heard that from a lot sense. of people that on this. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so this is why I like the candy bar
2: or the PSP style ones. But if you aim low and you really only want to emulate up to like Super Nintendo. God. You can get. Like 60 bucks you f- Yeah, 50, 60 bucks mm. to, to play everything ever made in that world. Up to PS1. Like yeah. the PS1
1: games that use the D-pad, you are, you are set. Yeah. Um, it, it is ripe out there and the Mayumini I think is what a lot of people aim at who, who just want like no analog stuff just d-pad gaming up to ps1 sure. it's apparently if you can get one because they only do drops of about 100 units every four <laughs> days as they get their manufacturing capacity yeah
2: the crazy world where you live in for that like that's that's a vector now for for people like people are gonna make 100 at a time
1: people at 5 a.m eastern are on ref- refreshing aliexpress <laughs> web pages to try to get one of a hundred uh of these things
0: well then new hmm. uh what we got here so jamie
1: so I have a group of people, uh, that I do retro computer stuff with. Yeah. Um, my, uh, a, a close personal friend of mine runs a online store that sells stuff for Amigas, Commodores, uh, Coco's, uh, the, the, um, trash 80 and the uh, color computer. Um, and we, every month we get together and we just kind of have a, a zoom meeting and, and talk about stuff. And this last time, they they said, you know why don't We fire up Tabletop Simulator and play some board games in Tabletop Simulator, and it was extremely neat. I had bought Tabletop Simulator. I don't know. I like,
0: would be surprised if anybody that is listening to this doesn't own Tabletop like Simulator, five? and you may not even know it.
1: Five years ago, I think I got it, <laughs> yeah. and I just never fired up. I think a bunch of people were like, yeah, we should play something on the tabletop. So we actually did, and we played um, Horrified, which is an actual Universal Monsters licensed game.
0: I did not know that.
1: Um, so like Dracula's in it, the Wolfman's in it, the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, we played the basic campaign on that, and it was a lot of fun. Like, there are are different ones online. So if you look on the Steam Workshop, there are all kinds of games.
0: It's the Copyright Violation Playground. I was going to say. Yeah, no, it's
1: it's the Wild
0: West. But we, we
1: grabbed one that was scripted. And so yep. you don't have to know the rules. There are buttons that will put things in play where they're mm-hmm. supposed to go. So we played the scripted version, and we were able to, you know, do like board setup is click on this, click on this, click on this. Everything's in place, and we had uh, we were going up against the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula because that's the recommended intro <laughs> scenario.
0: Dracula is in the intro. Yes,
1: uh, and Poor each Bella. each uh, monster has a unique way of neutralizing it like Dracula has four caskets at different points in the uh, map because it's a big board game and there's different like there's a crypt there's a dungeon there's this place and this place and there's a casket in each and if your character gets there you have to have a certain number of damage by color so you pick up items as one of your moves during the game and if there's a red item and it does up to six damage you could take that and destroy one of uh, Dracula's Caskets and if you destroy all four caskets, then you can destroy Dracula by do- meeting certain other things so it's it's a whole you remember your, your dungeons and dragons like board games that you, yeah. you lay out the tiles it's it's like a simplified version of that you have one map and different monsters utilize it differently like the yeah. creature of the Black Lagoon can use waterways and Dracula can't Dracula has to follow the the, the roads and bridges. Um, and we played that and it was a lot of fun. Like it was it was like playing a board game except mm-hmm. that we were all online and there's even a tip the table button if you get uh, fed <laughs> up with it. Yes, there is. Um,
0: and then the we, first thing anybody does in Tabletop Simulator and
1: there's an achievement for playing an hour without tipping the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we played Marvel United, which is an, a really neat game as well. It's
0: a card-based
1: it's, it's 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 another board game, but it's oh Recording has stopped on the roadcaster. New one. Um, Oh, must be full. Yeah, something. It's it's SD card is unhappy. We'll have to look into this. Um, So with uh, Marvel United, it's a board game, and you play a chain. There's a circle around the outside of the the thing, and in the initial moves, I guess the default one is against Red Skull. The default is. Um, a character plays a card, a character plays a card, a character plays a card, then the villain plays a card. So depending on how, what you get, um, you have a hand of cards and it's like, you can do a move and a hit or, uh, a move in an action. And you got to figure out where you are, like where you're going to move to, what your action will do. There are things like certain areas have a limited number of places that thugs and hostages can be. And if it overflows, then the villain gets markers. And if the villain gets 20 markers, you're, the game is over. So you're trying to right, keep right. The, the number of hostages down, the number of thugs down, but also going around and, and defeating things. And as you check off things, like if you rescue um, 10 hostages, you complete that thing. And now the villain moves every two cards. So hero card, hero card, the villain moves. So now he's accelerated. And then you want to try to time it so you get, like multiple cards filled up at once or in subsequent turns so you get the bonuses of the later completions without just having the villain move faster. And we actually lost the first time we played, but we were like really close. And it was like it was really interesting how these game play. And I'd never heard of either of these games. We we had a great time playing it just via this, uh, you know, video chat and using you had um, to learn the tactics. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure
2: we could have chosen better characters. That was a softball for for the a throwback tactics. Tactics. Oh, f tactics. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to go. Oh, um, um, yeah, okay. You could delete that if you want. <laughs> um,
1: but it was it was really interesting because like the these board games are available on the Steam. Like if you wanted to play it, I could host. Like one of these things. Oh
0: we, yeah, no. I've got like I've looked I because, you know, you know, I love board Gloom, games. So Gloomhaven is Gloomhaven up there. Haven's Someone has it. scripted all of, Gloomhaven. All of the D and D adventure board game systems that we have
2: played are on it. And they're all made by fans. They're yes. definitely yeah, most they are, certainly not, made
0: by fans. Yeah. They're not Hasbro hasn't said, yeah, sure.
1: But if, if (laughs) if we wanted to play something like that and we couldn't get together on a weekend physically, it's something you could fire up.
0: It is absolutely. And it's,
1: It's on the agenda. It's very interesting how everything works. I
0: always found the controls for for board games to me are a little clunky, a little hard to, they're uh, not terribly intuitive.
1: There was, uh, the only things we really had to use was F for flip and R to shake the dice when we had them picked up and then we could let them go. We didn't have to interact with a lot of things. Like some things, we had to flip. But
0: I think I've been looking a lot of like the the, the Star Wars, the 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 uh, fantasy flight Star Wars games, mm-hmm. like Rebel Assault and all of that. It, it there's a lot to those, and so the mechanically they're they're complex.
1: We should try Horrified, the scripted version of Horrified. I played because it, it, it sets itself up, and then we just have to like the the rules are all around the outside of the board. You can you can right. um, alt will zoom on anything. And you can just take a look at it. Um I, I think it'd be fun to just kind of take a look and see yeah know, how it no, goes.
0: I'm totally down with that. So I think let me look at the thing because we're yeah, we're pretty much at time here. So to wrap up the game section, I have an assignment. Mm-hmm. Woo! This is gonna be a big one. Settle settle, settle in, strap in, etc. Um because we want like a kind of structure to this section, I have it also because we're not necessarily going to be talking about like the most recent games or we're not like covering the games media. We'll talk about that stuff mm-hmm. if it comes up, but uh, we want to kind of have a more reflective, nuanced uh, introspective version of talking about games and, um, Here's what we're going to do for the next, I don't know, however many episodes. I want each of us to assemble our list of the top five video games of all time that we have ever played the games that have meant the most to us, the games that have changed our idea of what a video game can be and what it means and how a video game works five we're going to go through one per episode we're gonna roll the dice decide who who goes first and we're gonna go from five to one so we need to rate them okay so, so we, need, have to be in we, order. we need to rate them from five to one and uh, so what we we need to decide is so it's possible that the same game could appear on multiple lists mm-hmm. right? So we need to kind of figure out. We're a diverse crew. We are a diverse really crew. would really
1: be surprised if two of us called the same game.
0: But it's possible the same. It, it is unlikely, but possible that the same game could appear on multiple lists. Mm-hmm. So like Doom, for example, like, you know, that, that may that may be my number three or Jamie's number one. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. But if that does come up, what do we do?
2: No, oh, I think I think our experiences will still be individual. I,
1: yeah, no, I think if uh like if everyone had doom at some point in the thing, like we all had different experiences with Doom. Yeah. Like we we came at it different directions. We were different ages when we got to it, so it might mean something different to you than it did for me when we right. got to yeah. it. Um but I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna say Doom's probably not on my list. <laughs>
2: I, I think it's You're just
0: spoiling a, it already. No, yeah, I,
2: I've removed
1: one game from
2: the the plethora. I think the key is is that it has to be and, and how it impacted us. And yes, it's going to be personal. What way, it, personal. Picked, what, what be, way yeah. it made that, and that's what'll make it individual. So even if we all hap, happen to hit the same game in the same week, uh, we we would it would be about our individual experiences. Yeah. Well. So what so I, what, that, what I'm
0: going to suggest is when let's since we're going to do this randomly, like we're going to pick a random person to go you know, the next time we record and do their number five, and then we'll just like pick a, your know, a, a rotation to do from after oh, that. Oh, you mean
2: we're just going to do one per week? One per week. Oh, so, so this goes over 15
0: podcasts. This is going to be at, oh. hope at the maximum 15, but if we double up, right, that's the question. So I oh. think what we, my, my proposal is, this is what we're doing right now. We're the round tabling, the rules of this, right? Um, my proposal is if, we happen to have a shared game on multiple lists. Um, Whoever gets it first, gets it first. And we'll talk about that amongst ourselves. And if it's an impactful game for somebody else, we'll talk about that during that segment. And if that comes up, like, let's say Doom is my number five and Doom is Andrew's number four, I'll talk about Doom in my number five because I'll hit it first. When Andrew's number four comes up, he'll say, well, Doom was my number four, but we already talked about that. So let's go on to my number three. That that right? Yeah. Well, the, how about that as a rule? Uh
2: the only problem with that is that it means if that happened, one of us would get to our number one sooner than the other one.
0: That is that is the risk. I doubt that's going to happen. I I am <laughs>
1: relatively sure that my sphere of games I
0: already know my number one, yeah. so I am almost I, sure I, I that think it's not going to be anybody's <laughs> list. I think if,
2: if anything, it, if if somebody else had it in their list, we just kind of double up on that week. Yeah. Like if if you said yours is number is Doom, it's like you know you you start your spiel, and
0: I'd like okay, well I I had
2: Doom at number four. I think if
0: and it is on somebody else's list yeah. and somebody gets to it first, yeah. that the other person whoever else has it on their list will say, well, that was on my list, but we don't reveal what what ranking it was. Okay. Right. We just we wait till we get to that point and then we move on to the next one. How's that? Does that sound good? So that is the assignment for next time. We have to assemble the list from all time. And this is like since we started playing video games ever. I have
1: three. I don't have an order, but I have three. (laughs) Okay. Like right off the top of my head.
0: Don't tell us what it is because you're going to ruin the segment. (laughs) I I only know my number one.
2: I don't. I have I have a very go. good idea where, but I would th-
0: this go with is the it. thing, yeah, right? It's going to be hard it's gonna, because it's like
2: require some work for sure.
0: There's a lot of we we are all, and this is kind of one of the things I wanted to get to with the point of this podcast is since we are all of advanced age, we have all been playing video games for a long time. Mm-hmm. We we have a history. We have seen how things have developed. We have seen you know progresses. We have seen regresses. But we have hit the milestones. We 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 know what those moments are and people who are listening to this may not necessarily have had that experience. And that's one of the things that we can add to the conversation, right? We're not, it's not necessarily about just three dudes sitting around talking about video games. It's about the, the perspective that we can bring to the table about those things. Mm-hmm. And so if we talk about these games in terms of what they have meant to us, how they have progressed the genre and, and how they have impacted us personally, that I think is something that we can add to the conversation. So that is the kind of the point of the top five ranking right. of all time video games, right? So there we go. There is the assignment for next time. I don't know who's going. to... We're going to roll some dice or something. We'll figure it out randomly. Just get a D three. We're getting exactly. We're gonna, well, there's no such thing as a D three. <laughs> there's a D four. We can we can sort that out. Anyway, I think we're going to call it because wow, we have done a whole podcast here. It looks like we're at two hours according to my recording. Genius. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut that down a bit, mm. obviously, in the final edit. But wow we did it That felt effortless that it was pretty good actually mm-hmm. we we got it, we kind of did the thing that we should have done how is the roadcaster
1: well it won't record to the uh, SD that's, card and it says the SD card's only uh like a quarter full that's bad so we probably need to format that SD card I, or
0: maybe get a new one I formatted it but anyway
1: maybe get a new one maybe get a
0: new one anyway thank you everybody for listening if you've made it this far I applaud you I'm surprised. Anyway, we will be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast. Episode one is in the can. Thank you, everyone. We will be back. Stay tuned to all the socials. Linktree slash Operation Puppet. And uh, Jamie, hit the outro. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links, tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet.